I want to speak to you tonight on the subject of set the mummy free. Amen. Set the mummy free. John chapter number 11. How many of you grew up with him? A lot of you didn't. Those black and white. I remember horror pictures. Back years ago, Frankenstein and all them and the mummy. The mummy come out of the grave and come through there terrorizing everybody. Going, I never understood how he could move so fast all wrapped up like that. Somebody running. I've learned if one of them jokers ever gets after you, don't run. Because if they're walking you running, somehow they beat you there. You ever notice that? And uh, so I think the best thing to do is just uh, maybe crawl. I don't know. But uh, anyway, I want you to look at John chapter 11. We, we got out last time and we talked about how that Jesus brought Lazarus from the grave. Well, I want to go now uh, just a little farther and we'll talk about not just what happened before Lazarus came from the grave as we did before, but I want us to look now just a little bit here in this passage of the Word of God tonight about some things that took place. And I just want to simply give you three commands that Jesus gave when Lazarus was raised from the dead. And so let's look. We finished up with Jesus wept. Uh, then said the Jews, uh, verse 36, Behold how he loved him. Uh, now, look at the first command in verse 39. Jesus said, Take you away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he had been dead four days. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldst believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. Now, stay with me, but that's the first command. How many of you see that when Jesus said, do it, that the people did it, say amen. They did that. Now, look back again. The Bible says later, oh, Father, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by said it, that they may believe thou hast sent me. When he had thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. That is the second command. Lazarus, come forth. Uh, one writer said, and we've heard it said, that if he had not mentioned the word Lazarus, they'd had graves coming open all over the world. Lazarus, come forth. And by the way, that will happen one day. And he was dead, came forth, bound hand and foot, with grave clothes, and his face was bound uh, about with a napkin. Jesus said to him, here's the third command, loose him and let him go. I want you to notice that it does not say remove the grave clothes. It says loose him and let him go. And I'll explain that in just a moment. Let's bow together and pray. Father, thank you tonight for the good word of God. Thank you, Lord, tonight for the wonderful choir song. Thank you for the burden of our music director and these that are going to Columbia. Lord, I pray that children be saved, adults will be saved, lives would be changed. Lord, I thank you for the ladies who sung to us tonight. Lord, I'm glad that we can find you in this Bible in the middle of it all. Lord, I pray tonight that may you always be the center of the attention in this church. May it always be about Christ and never about us, about man. Lord, may we always make much of the Son of God. Lord, I pray now, guide us tonight as we look at these three commands of the Lord. 
And I pray give us what we need from the Word of God tonight. We'll thank you for it, for we ask it all in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, you can be seated. I want to title these three different miracles tonight, or these three different uh, commands, I should say, tonight. The removing of the boulder, the raising of the body, and then finally, the relieving of the bonds. Three things that had to take place in order for this miracle to take place for Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Now there is no doubt to me that Jesus could have simply did some miraculous miracle and the stone could have broken apart. The stone could have uh, disintegrated. The stone could have rolled away by itself. But that is not the way the Lord works miracles. And I want you to understand a couple things about this. There are some applications we can draw from the way that Jesus gave these commands. In the removing of the boulder, I want you to notice that God does not work miracles when it's not necessary. God does not work miracles when it's not necessary. You say, what do you mean, preacher? Listen to this. Uh, Jesus knew uh, that they had enough people there that could roll that boulder away, that could roll that stone away, and He knew uh, that they could participate in seeing what God could do. And guess what? I don't know about you, but I'm glad God works miracles every time someone gets saved, every time someone's called to preach, when God touches someone's body. But I want to say this tonight. I'm glad God lets me participate in the miracles that He does. I'm glad I can be a part of that. To go on the mission field and see somebody saved is wonderful. And to be able to be a part of that is even better. I want you to understand that the removing of the boulder was not because Jesus could not do it but it's because in order for them to see the miracle they had to obey the command of what the Lord said you say preacher do you believe that if they would not have rolled that stone away that miracle would have not took place I'm going to tell you this I do I believe without a doubt that the prerequisite for that miracle to take place was the stone being rolled away can I say this We need to learn if we want something from God to be obedient to God and to do what God says. The practical application is this. If you want God to work in your life, do what He says, listen to what He says, follow what He says. And if He says, remove the stone, then remove the stone. Say, preacher, I want God to do something in my life. Remove the stone. God, I want God to do something in my family. Remove the stone. I want God to do something to my children remove the stone. Listen, I'm telling you, one of the greatest ways to get rid of grief and heartache is to obey God's command and do what God says and remove the stone. And so the first command simply here is the removing of the boulder. Get it out of the way. That's the command of God. God said, I want you to remove it. I want you to get it out of the way. And He said, when you do that, I'm going to work the miracle. Listen, can I tell you this? Jesus doesn't do miracles just to do them, just to uh, say they were done. They're not for show. Uh, Miracles in the Bible were done so that it would bring glory to God. 
And I'm glad that those that rolled that stone away, and imagine we're talking about sort of like a millstone, but huge, higher than a man's head, round, huge millstone, extremely heavy. It must have been, it was, could not have been easy, and several people would have had to move that stone. So what I'm trying to say is, is miracles were not done to make us lazy. Amen. We want God to do something in our life. Fill your bus route, be a miracle. Fill your family with everybody say, be a miracle. Do something in your life, be a miracle. But in order to see that, in order to see that, we have to be willing to obey the Lord. There's a removing of the boulder here in the Word of God. Jesus commanded them. He said to them, roll away the stone. So he could get in? No. So really, Lazarus could get out? No. Because he could take care of both of those things. I believe it was more for obedience to listen to him and to do what he said and to realize miracles come in your life when you listen to God. Somebody say man tonight. I said miracles come in your life when you listen to God. If you want God to do something, do what he said. Right? People come to me and say, boy, I wish God could work this financial miracle. Time. Do what he said. Give. Do what he said. You say, preacher, I, I sure wish God could save my family. Witness. Give them a try. Do what he said. Share the gospel. You've got to understand, it is not for us to sit back and to say, Lord, just work all this out. Friend, we need to put our feet in our prayers. We need to do what God wants us to do. Hey, we need to remove the boulder. Amen. We need to do that. Now, I want to give this statement to my workers in Calvary, to all of you. And I say my workers just in reference of, of you guys here at church. But I, I want to give this statement to you. Keep your eye on the rewarding aspect of your work instead of the difficulty. Amen. Keep your eye on the rewarding aspect of your work instead of the difficulty. Listen, it's not always easy to get done what you want to get done for God. It's not always easy to accomplish what you want to accomplish. But if you look at the reward and you realize how great it's going to be and you realize what God is going to do, the reward far outweighs the work. Amen. When you're working a job during the week, probably the reward at the end keeps you going. Right? You're working a job. You know at the end of the week or the two weeks, you're going to get a paycheck. That paycheck is going to be a reward for you working. Amen? And I'm going to say this. It'd be hard to work if there wasn't no paycheck. It'd be hard to work if there wasn't no reward. You spend two weeks in a row and you got bills to pay and they, you get done. They say, thank you. Glad you came. Amen? You, they may say that one time. They won't say it to you the next two weeks. Amen. Because you've got to take care of things. And so there is a reward. There is a reward uh, for serving God. Don't worry about the difficulty. Amen. Uh, listen, I'll say this to our young guys. and These young men called to preach. and other, Listen, it has been difficult at times in my life. There have been times of difficulty. There have been times that I wondered if I wanted to keep doing it. There have been times that I've struggled and wondered, am I accomplishing anything? Or, and there have been difficult days. Now, I do want to say this without reservation. The good far outweighs any difficulty I've ever had. And I wouldn't trade it for a thing in the world. I love it. I enjoy it. I'm glad God put me in the ministry. But there have been difficult days. But I'll tell you this, when I look around and see the reward, 
of what God has done in people's lives, what God has done in people's homes, when I see the reward of that, when I see the reward of that, that makes the difference. Amen? And so there is, first of all, the removing of the boulder in chapter number 11. Then I want you to see, secondly, the raising of the body. Look back in the Word of God just a moment. The Bible says, And thus when he had spoken, verse 43, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Let me ask you a question. You think he was hollering because he wanted Lazarus to hear him? The answer to that would be no. Jesus could have said it very softly. He could have even went, He is the resurrection and the life. You say then, preacher, why in the world did, and the Bible lets us know that Jesus literally expelled this out. He reached and said, Lazarus, come forth. You could have heard his voice across the whole area. Why? Why did he do it that way? I'll tell you why. He wanted everybody to know that it was the word of God that brought Lazarus from the dead. He wanted everybody to know that it was His Word. He wanted everybody to know that if anybody gets the glory, if anybody gets the praise, He wanted everybody to see it is the power of the Word of God that brought Lazarus from the grave. Hallelujah. Let me say this to you. Don't you love this book? Let me say this to you tonight. In the removing of the boulder, men could help. But listen, in the raising in the raising of the body. Man couldn't do that. Nobody else could do that. Hey, listen, you, you can, Miss Janet, Brother Scott, uh, those of you, uh, Miss Gabrielle, you, you can get them on the bus and, and you can get them here. You can roll away the stone. You can do what you can do. You can set them in the seats. Uh, you can set them under preaching. Uh, Brother Woolwich can do what he does. I can do what I do. Are you pastoring priests? He's other men. We can do all that. We can roll away the stone. But friend, there ain't but one uh, that can save them uh, and one that can change them. Uh, and one that can make the difference and that's the word of God yes, amen. amen you imagine that day for a moment we still got those professional mourners there I know they're there because when Mary gets up and go to the grave uh, they begin to follow him they begin to follow him so they're there he says roll away the stone I'm not going to preach this again but you know this is the fourth day the bodies decaying Jews did not believe in embalming I guess to this day, uh, Brother Zitter, I still don't believe Jews, Jews do not embalm bodies. And so they do not do that. And so after the third day, on the fourth day, that body would begin to really decay. Matter of fact, all that was wrapped in was linen that had some ointment and spices on it. But listen, a dying body, a body that's rotting and decaying, uh, is going to have an awful smell. And so Jesus said, roll away the stone. I can see all the people going, what? Remove the boulder. Some of them go over and they remove it. Now watch this. While they're removing it, they wouldn't just be hard work of removing it, but think of the smell while they're removing it. He's dead. You've got to understand, Lazarus is dead. His body is decaying. They're smelling that. Open grave. Remember Jesus talked to the Pharisees, called them like they were like their mouth was like an open sepulcher. It means every time you open your mouth, you've got some bad breath. Amen right there. 
Jesus said, your mouth, you're like an open sepulcher. He's making it clear that, you know, you need some scope. Amen. I mean, you need some help. Listerine something. So there is the raising of the body. In the raising of the body, we see the power of God. It was done by the spoken word. And I'll say this today. If you want God to work in your life, it won't be a preacher that makes the difference in your life. It won't be a member. It won't be a song. We can all roll away the stone. But if you want God to do a work in your life, it'll be the word of God and the power of God. It'll be the touch of God. It'll be the willingness of God. So I want you to see tonight, first of all, real quickly, watch now. There's a removing of the boulders. Secondly, there's the raising of the body. The raising of the body. But then thirdly, and this is where I want to get to for just a couple moments here, I want you to see the relieving of the bonds. Now, let me explain what I mean. When Lazarus was buried, Lazarus was placed in that tomb and his body was wrapped just like they talk about the Lord. And his body was wrapped in these uh, pieces of cloth that had on the ointment and, and, and it was placed in there and had a napkin around his head. So in other words, if you can picture a modern idea what a mummy would look like, he was wrapped from foot all the way to the top of his head. And he was laid in there and he was dead. Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. When he says that, I'm of this inclination. I do not believe he can walk. He's wrapped up. You gonna think I'm crazy? I literally believe that Lazarus rose up, come around, and come out front. I don't know, maybe he was inch or two off the ground, I don't know. But I know this, he didn't have no freedom. I know this, he couldn't do anything. I know this, and when Lazarus got up and God raised, it had to surprise Lazarus as much as anybody. Now what? All the people still in front of the tomb. Now, if you ain't ever seen anybody raise from dead before, if you ain't never seen anybody come out of a tomb, that'd probably get your attention. Right? I mean, let's just be honest. You're standing in front of a tomb, he's stinking, and all of a sudden, and the door, here comes zoop, the mummy, Lazarus, the mummy. He's wrapped up. You say, why did Jesus have to say, loose him and let him go? I want you to watch this. What would you have been doing? I've been doing this. Or he that I've been running. I mean, I'll be honest with you, it probably scared me. I mean, you just don't see that every day. Ain't every day somebody comes out of the grave. Ain't every day. Somebody all wrapped up, been dead four days and stinking, is standing in front of you. I can see some of that crowd now, man. They're like, this is a little too, this is just a little too much for me. So everybody's just standing there looking. Jesus probably looks around at them and he said, loose him and let him go. Why didn't he say take the grave clothes off? Because Lazarus didn't have nothing under the grave clothes. Jesus is not going to bring you to life and get everybody to take all the clothes off of him and stand our neck in front of everybody. <laughs> you ever thought I'm being honest? Right. right? The grave clothes was always on his body. So what they did was they would take and they would cut out those grave clothes enough and get the napkin off it so he could move. What do you think he did? I think he went home and had a change. 
I do. I mean, he's wrapped in grave clothes. That's it. What are you going to do? Unwind him and unwind him and unwind him. Listen, God would never change your life and make you immodest. I mean, that's a little preaching right there. It's amazing to me that everybody got right with God in the Bible put some clothes on. Remember the guy running through the tombs, naked, cutting himself? As soon as he got right with God, the Bible said he was clothed and in his right mind. Amen. I mean, praise God, sometimes you need to put some clothes on. Modesty's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, right? But what I'm saying is this. They had to cut the garment. I mean, you, you know, I mean, he's standing there. I mean, what's he going to do? You know, I'm going home. Right? Brother Justin, am I right or not? And they're so wide open panicked about it. They're, you imagine, what about Martha and Mary? Their brother just, just a little bit ago was dead. Now he's standing there. I'm sure they're just like, listen, you can say all you want, and I believe God can do anything, but buddy, when he does anything, <laughs> it's got to blow your mind. Am I right? I mean, when he does something so supernatural, and you look back and you go, my soul. So they said, loose him and let him go. Jesus put life in him. Jesus helped him. But I want you to notice in the Word of God that when he brought him back to life, the one thing he had to do was give him freedom of movement so he could go on and live his life. And I want to say this tonight. By the way, I had some pop on my phone. I knew exactly what time it was going to rain. I want to say this tonight. And I want you to understand this, that in order to serve God, when God puts life in you, you got to get loose so you can serve Him. Amen? So what is the lesson in removing the boulder? The lesson is, do what He said, He can work a miracle in your life. What is the lesson in uh, not only removing the boulder, uh, but reviving that body or raising that body, it's this. It's all done by the Word of God. And listen, what is the lesson when it comes to relieving the bonds that had Him bound? Is you can never serve God until God sets you free from whatever has you bound. Amen. I see so many people could do so much for God if they just wouldn't let jobs and stuff and money and, and ambition, nothing wrong with having a job. <laughs> Not, the Bible said you're worse than infidel if you don't take care of your family, you men anyway. Nothing wrong with having a job. Nothing wrong with having ambition. Nothing wrong to want to move on up the ladder. Nothing wrong to go out of the George Jefferson complex moving on up. Nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. When all that stuff's got you bound, and you're not free to serve God, and you can't do what you do because you're so bound by that, you want God to set you free, to loose, to loose the grip. And that's what God did with Lazarus that day. What a great miracle. Matter of fact, the miracles, John records, this is it. He started at the wedding in chapter 2, chapter 11. He records that miracle. John himself doesn't record anymore. That's it. That's a minute. It just, it's hard to get any better than that. They didn't say there wasn't more miracles. I said, John didn't record them. You just don't get no better. 
Amen. Just stand to your feet tonight. We have been talking a lot about miracles, about God touching people, about God moving in people's life. Uh, how many of you believe tonight? I was watching Brother Tyler Golden this morning uh, on Channel 46 on my, uh, on my um, what I have, when is it Dish Network or, or it's Direct TV? Is it is? I was watching Brother Tyler Golden, Pastor Church, Pastor Church, they've got a great program on, on Sunday mornings. And I was watching some of that today. And I was amazed, but he actually, and I don't know what in the world, I told him it's amazed how this works, but he, in one of his points of the message, got talking about uh, Jesus not being late, but right on time, raising Lazarus. And I was sitting there watching, I'm like, wow, you know. And uh, I, I want to say something to you, don't you listen to me. God can do something if you listen to him. Anybody listen to me? God can do something if you'll obey him, and you will listen to his commands, and you will know it's the Word of God, and if you get loose and be free. Amen? Too many Christians in bondage. Just enjoy the journey, man. Enjoy the freedom. Now, I don't want to go with that church over there a little too loose. Not the kind of loose I'm talking about. I ain't talking about being loose in your conviction, being loose in your standard, being loose in your... I, no, no, no. I'm talking about just being loose in your life to serve God. I want to ask you something. As Miss Amy begins to play, here's what I want to ask you. Here's what I want to ask you. Is anybody in this building tonight that would say, Preacher, it's not as big as raising Lazarus. It's not as big as somebody coming from the grave. But to me, there's something I would really love to see God do. But I know for it to happen, I'd have to obey Him. I would have to listen to His Word. And I would have to make sure that I don't let nothing get in the way of me believing and trusting Him for it. Now, I don't want you to raise your hand instead. I want you to slip out of your seat, come to an altar, and simply say, Lord, there is something that would take you to do. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to obey your word. I'm willing to listen to your command. I am willing to do what you want me to do. And Lord, I want you to loose me and set me free in Christ and help me that I can serve you and live for you. Can I tell you this tonight, church? Church, can I tell you this? There is nothing God can't do. There is no stone too big. There is no grave too deep. There is nothing God can't do. Friend, I'm telling you, He can do anything. He can do everything. He is a big God. There is nothing, hallelujah, God cannot do. Nothing. Can I share this with you, Brother Alex? We serve the same God of Lazarus. We serve the same God. The same God, Brother Russ. The same God of Martha and Mary. We serve the same God that said, roll away the stone. The same God that said, Lazarus, come forth. The same God that stepped out into nothing and created everything. The same God that has power to save, that has power to heal, that has power. We serve the same God. But what we got to do, what we got to do, number one, we got to obey His command. We got to roll away the stone. Number two, once stones rolled away, we got to trust His Word, lean on His Word. 
Amen. He said, Elijah, come forth. That was his word. And we got to live our life loose so that God, I'm not talking about loose living. I'm talking about living free in Christ. Living free in Christ. Boy, I felt a good help from God tonight on this. I was studying this and I thought, Lord, where would this go? Where would this go when I preach it? And, and I'm interested in where it would go every time I preach. But I want to say this tonight. I believe it went exactly where the Lord wanted it to go. Amen. I believe that tonight. I believe that tonight. So good to see God's people getting hell. So good to see God's people getting hell. But you listen to me tonight. You're going to have to be willing to roll the stone away. You're going to have to be willing to do what He says. I make this comment all the time because it's Bible, but obedience is better than sacrifice. God wants us to obey Him. You know? I mean, how are you going to get enough support, Brother Aaron? I saw you back there. How are you going to get enough support? Go watch the ZC and support your children and your wife. You just got to do what he said. You're going to have to do what he said, and you're going to have to believe his word, and you're going to have to go and be free in Christ and just do what God said to do. That's good preaching right there. That's what you got to do. Amen. I don't want to be bound by anything. I want to be free indeed. Whom the sun sets free is what? Whom the sun sets free is what? Praise God. You're free tonight. God sets you free. You don't have to be bound by jobs and the world and money and stuff. You're free. Amen. You are free. What a miracle set the mummy free, didn't he? You know, I've thought about this. He does go back to that, home, that place again. He does. He loved that area of Bethany. He did right there in Judah. He, he loved that area. He loved Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Don't mean he loved them anymore, but you know, he had a good relationship with Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Jesus really, there was something about that family that Jesus really had a heart for. He's a weeping there by the grave. You know why he's weeping. He knew what they were going through. He's weeping over them. He's praying God would do something in their life. God would touch them in their life. Can I say this? I want you to understand this. God can set us free by the power of the Holy Ghost. God can do that. God can do that. God can do that. Amen. You know why I'm standing where I'm at today as a pastor of 30 some years and seeing what God do? I just decided one day I was going to believe Him. I mean, God said He'd do it, so why not believe Him? God said he would add, why not believe it? God said he'd meet the need, why not believe it? God said if I'd give, he'd give, he'd take care of me. God said if I'd support me, he'd take care of me. He's done everything he said he'd do. I said he's done everything he said he'd do. Why would I not believe in him? Amen. Thank you, Miss Amy. Thank you, Brother James. I hope that helped you tonight. I love this book. I was reading that, and you know, I know the story of Lazarus. I know both of them. I know the Lazarus Luke 16, and I know this one, Luke 11, two different men. But I'm going to tell you this, when I see what God did in their life, it encourages me. I don't serve a God that used to be. Y'all do realize that. He's the same. Yesterday, today, and what? Forever. Amen.